Ephesians chapter 2, and starting in verse 4. This morning we're talking about being made to reign. Made to reign. You were made to reign. And I don't mean thunderstorm. I mean on the throne with a scepter in your hand. You were made to reign. Every person is called to be a believer. And every believer is made to reign. You are designed to reign. There's so much I could talk to you just about that subject today. But I want to get to one point in it. You were made to reign. Say it with me. Say, I was made to reign. I am made to reign. That's who you are. I agree with you. Amen. Yeah, good stuff. You are made to reign. That's how God made you. Let me just read this to you. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy. Is he rich in mercy? Man, you better believe it. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even, even when, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ, praise God, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. He saved us, made us alive, and seated us so, so that in the ages of, to come, he might not just talk about it, but he might show it to us. Isn't it, isn't it Missouri is the show me state? Like, I'm not going to believe it, show me. Well, we're, we're not supposed to be that way. That's bad for Christians to be like, show me. No, we're supposed to be, believe it. That's, that's, we're believers, right? We're supposed to believe stuff. And so, we're, but here's God, one of the times he's saying, he wants to show you something. He wants to manifest it. What does he want to manifest? The riches of God. Not just riches, thus surpassing riches. Surpassing riches. I mean, this is be well beyond that. Is he talking about finances? Well, yes, but that's just part of it. He's talking about all kinds of his glory, his power. He wants to show us the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. Now, man, I talk about some power-packed scriptures. There is so much in those few scriptures. But let me just point out a few points. First of all, he being rich in mercy, why? Number one, because of his great love with which he loved us. He loves you so much. Oh man, do you know how much he loves you? It is something else. He 
loves you. How many people feel like he loves you all the time? You feel like it? I don't think any of us feel like it all the time. But whether we feel like it or not, which is true? Our feelings or this? The Word of God. See, whether you feel like it or not, He loves you. I can tell you He loves you with an everlasting love. And when we will believe His Word, His character, His nature, more than we will believe our feelings, our whole life turns a new direction. Our life changes. It goes somewhere else. And you go on, it says, verse 5, And when did He love us? Even when. When you had it all together, because that happened one time, you know, remember when? <laughs> you remember that one time when you had it all together? Oh, okay. It's not just me then. I, was, I thought, you know, anyway. Even when we were dead in our transgressions. Even when. Even when. Praise God, he loved us with that kind of love. Even when. You remember, <laughs> mm, I don't want to, even when, that time, even then, he loved you with his great love. Man, that's awesome. Going down to verse 6, and look, look at this now. And he made us alive, and he raised us up with him, yeah. and seated us with him. Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, now we're talking about position. And this is going to be important in a minute. Because most people, they live life from down here on the earth. They live life in this place. Oh, woe is me. Yeah, God is good. Life sucks, but God is good. Is more people wanting to laugh at that than letting you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God is so good. And see, they're living by this position on the earth in the place of a corrupted world. But see, again, it's just like our feelings earlier. It's, our, it's like our feelings earlier. We, we're not supposed to be living by our feelings or living in that place. We are raised up. And seated with him. And we, we don't have stuff to work on and to toil over. We're seated in heavenly places. Where are we seated? And we are in a position. The seat of authority. In a position with him. Who am I talking about? Well, the pastor might be there. Pfft, whatever. You, dude. You. You. Anybody who is a believer, and even if you're not a believer now, you can be seated with him simply by accepting him. You are seated in heavenly places with him. Now all of a sudden, when we handle things, all of a sudden, does that problem that we were dealing with look so big anymore? No, that joker's under our feet. It's under our feet. That's not even a problem. Down there, it's a problem. It looks like a problem. But up here, it's not a problem. 
See, we've been trying to solve our, our problems from an earthly position, a, a position of sin and not a position of righteousness where we are made to reign, not seated with him. And that's, that's the issue. That's why a lot of times we're going through stuff because we don't know we're seated with him in heavenly places. We keep looking down from down there, looking up instead of looking with him, looking down. That's nothing. And Jesus is like, I know. High five. <laughs> See, that's where we've got to get to that reality. It's like, look, the devil's trying to make that, that anthill look like a mountain. I know, he's so funny. Stupid devil. <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. How many times is he going to try that same thing? Well, there's a whole lot of people that let that work because they don't have knowledge of him. Yeah, that's true. So glad we're seated up here in heavenly places. Amen. In the place of authority. See, the truth of the matter is, every one of us has been that person down there getting our tail whipped. Because we had no knowledge of who we were, or who he is, or where we're at. Or, or living from this position, raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places. Verse 7, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. See, the whole point of you gaining knowledge of this and growing up in Christ is so that you will start to realize just what Jesus has done for you. And it's not a little. It's a lot. It's not just riches, it's surpassing riches. It's hard to even fathom. It's hard to wrap your mind around. It's hard to put it in words. It's all, all you can say is it's beyond that. It's exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. In other words, His goodness is beyond everything we can e even imagine. That's how good it is. And that's the only way to define it. With no ceiling. There's no cap to that. There's no cap to that. Because there's no cap on God. That's the only way to define it. Our, our, our corrupted fleshly brains sometimes have a hard time wrapping our mind around it. Because we've always known a cap. We've always known there's a, a ceiling. We don't even know how to interpret eternity and eternal. And there's always like the ends. There's got to be bookends. But with God, there's not. And with what he's done for you and with his love, there's not. There's not. And that's awesome. He's made us to reign. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. You didn't get saved, and no one can get saved by doing good works. You know, there's a lot of people that are dying and they're going to hell because they think they tried to live a good life, and that is not it. The Word tells us that we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, we take it seriously. 
that we understand and we know that we know that we are born again and going to heaven. We know that we know. But see, it's through faith and that's the gift of God. It's a gift. Why is he giving it? Because he loves you. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, and, and look at this why here. Verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We were created in him to do something, to be about good works. Are you doing good things for God? And I don't mean having a moment here or there. Is it you? If you boil down your life, does your life equate out to the love of God manifesting in me in good works? I'm serving. I'm giving. I'm, my heart is about him all the time. See, we weren't just created to come in here and get blessed and go home and do nothing with it or maybe make our lives better. We were created to be about serving and ministering to other people, to grow. You know, uh, Paul just told me a, a testimony just earlier this morning where he made a decision a few weeks ago and he said, this is who I am and I'm doing this for the Lord. And he said, this is it. I've made a decision and counted to three. He's made a decision. And he's telling me how, thank you, Stephen, for getting that. I, know, I knew you would. He's made a decision, and it was to go after God. And he was telling me how his decision now inspired somebody else to go after God as well. See, this is just it. When we were talking a few weeks ago about temperature and being on fire with God, it's never about just you. Never is it about just you. And here, within just a few weeks, already a whole other life is shooting down a God path towards a triumph because one decision helped to strengthen another. This is how we flow. And if we don't understand that, then we've totally missed Christianity. A lot of times we'll sit back and we'll say, well, what do I need to do? I'm going to church. You need to go after him with everything you got and not make excuses for it because your decisions help others. They serve others. They come up underneath. And it's important. Don't just have a moment, but have a life that doesn't get weary and well-doing. For we were created... For this purpose. Matter of fact, his workmanship is not that until we move into the place where we love on God by doing good works. By having that as a core of who we are. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10 verses uh, 9 and 10. I know y'all have never heard these scriptures before. You know, earlier that verse said, I think it was verse 9 in Ephesians 2, it said that we were saved by grace. And then here, as we read, it says in verse 9, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So two things, confess with your mouth believe in your heart, you will be saved. For with the heart, 
a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So when you confess, in verse 9, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. But then it goes on to show you that when you believe, you're receiving righteousness. And by that righteousness, right, that plays a part in your salvation. But then over back in Ephesians, it said grace. Grace is how we were saved. So now, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Is anybody confused? Man, I don't need to be preaching if nobody's, nobody's confused by it then, because that was my whole point. <laughs> Do you understand how it works? Anybody understand? Want to be willing to say, I understand it? Oh, there must be some confusion nobody wanted to fess up to. That's all right. So it's really interesting that Grace is what saved us, and yet righteousness is the effect of belief. Isn't that interesting? So, but what's interesting here is, let's go now into Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. And while you're turning there, I want to give you something back in those last two ver verses in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It says... That if we believe with our heart, it results in righteousness. And then when we confess with our mouth, it results in salvation. So salvation is not just going to heaven. Salvation basically uh, includes, it's a big package and it includes other things. It includes uh, made to do well or to prosper. It includes healing. It includes deliverance. Uh, it, it includes protection and restoration and being saved. It means all of those things, right? And so when we have that salvation, we start having the ability then through Christ to walk in all of those things. And in the, at that moment, now that we are saved, we can walk because we are at a new position, seated with Him in heavenly places. We can be in the place of, of Christ, in heavenly places, sitting there and speaking to those problems on the earth from the position of authority. All of that happens as soon as we're born again. But you'll notice that, did anybody ever get born again and still have problems? So it didn't just like happen automatically because what happens is in that moment, uh, actually from the beginning of time practically, uh, minus a couple of episodes, a couple of moments, all authority was given to man on this earth. And you still have it in your possession. See, with your authority, you can accept Christ and you can enter that new position. But just because you've entered that new position doesn't mean that the devil's not going to try to come back and ruin your walk. He's going to try it. He sees a new Christian or he sees somebody starting to get on fire with God. What does he do? He tries real quickly to get all up in their business and try to mess some stuff up because he don't want them hot for God. That's the last thing that he wants. So he tries to get up there and he starts messing in their life and all of a sudden they've got to know what they believe. 
And this is why a lot of new Christians, they need somebody in their life that will lead them to this kind of knowledge and this kind of love of God and knows their authority and knows how to operate in it. Because a lot of new believers don't. Now, praise God for his mercy because he holds back a ton of that stuff. But as you grow in the Lord, it's like, I thought I had that handled. And here it is again. Why? Because we should be constantly growing in the Lord, but then always giving thanks and being in faith because he is always leading us to triumph. But we've got to grow in these things. We've got to know who we are. But if the devil sees somebody that just gets born again or they're trying to get hot for God, he's going to attack them. That's nothing for us to worry if we're doing what we should. We don't have to worry about that at all. But see, what my point is, a lot of times we get born again, we think everything's going to be better and we just feel this weight lift off of us and we feel like everything's going to be awesome from here on out and, and we tell everybody about it and then all of a sudden wham we get hit with something or we try to go after God and wham we get hit with something that's when more than ever you want to be planted in a church body with some leadership that knows who they are and they know what to do and you want to be humble to submit yourself to that leadership like the word says because you, that's when you need to know. You need to know what's going on or at least you need to be around somebody who does. But see, in this thing, see, we have all this that's wrapped up and given to us in salvation. But there's areas of our lives and times where we need that salvation. We need the protection, the restoration, the provision, the healing. We need those things to manifest in our life. And what I want to show you in that Romans 10, 9 and 10 is this, is that once we have righteousness, we are in this position, we have a reaction to the righteousness that's given. And that reaction to the righteousness is to start believing by faith. And a lot of times for a believer, that faith action looks like this. I am healed in Jesus' name. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what it looks like. I'm healed. I am delivered in the name of Jesus. I don't have to put up with this anymore. And this is how we resist the devil. I have provision. These bills came in. Ha <laughs> ha. God, you got mail. Praise God. Because I don't want it. It's yours. But I have provision. See, confession leads to that salvation. So a lot of times people will look at this as only a way to go to heaven, but it's more than that. It's a way of God. It's the way of faith. You see the same thing laid out in Mark chapter 11. It's a way and it's a response of our righteousness. That says, okay, now, Lord, let me confess what, what, what these promises are. Let me confess one of these things that God has already given to me through Jesus Christ. Let me confess it and believe God for it. And then there's another way that says, and let us not, not let go, but hold fast to the profession of faith. And see, if we will get that way with the enemy, and we'll say, when something comes up, instead of going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened again. Y'all never felt like that? Man, we must have got really beat up, because we felt like that all the time, right? Anybody with me, you felt like that a lot before? Oh my gosh, I cannot believe this is happening again. See, it's about right at that moment. 
that you have a passion inside of you given by God to stand up against that thing, and you need to use it. You need to use it. Anybody ever, uh, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth talked about it with a dog. It was a, um, a dog following this lady uh, to the bus, and, uh, and she said, now go on, honey, go on. And like, like my lady voice, that was good. And go on. And I, I'll say it like me. Go on. And go on. See, I, I can't do it. She said, go on. And uh, the dog's like kept following her to the bus. Well, she's getting on the bus. She's going somewhere. And the dog needed to go home so it would be safe. Go on. And somebody else said, go on, go on. And I think it was Smith. No, no, somebody else said, get it. And the dog went, ah, and went home, right? And, the, and that's when Smith, I think, if I remember the story right, he yelled, that's the way you got to be with the devil. You got to stand up and resist him. You know, every time we get a punch from him or he tries something, right? We can't be this cowering people down here on the earth. Oh, I got hit again. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my goodness. I, when is this ever going to stop? See, when you start talking and thinking like that, you're not seated in heavenly places, or at least you're not acting it out. You got to see yourself up here seated with Jesus, and say, what in the world are you even trying? Don't you know that's illegal? I'm a child of God redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've got no right to be in my life. Now get on with your stuff in the name of Jesus. And you know what? He might not believe you the first time you try that. He might think you're just putting on. Why? Because he's never seen you do that before. But see, when we start walking it out and that starts becoming you and your character, all of a sudden the devil starts to know, oh, I can't mess with him. Because at some point in that resisting, you're going to hit your place of belief. You're going to confess what you believe in your heart. And the authority of heaven backs you up. And it's kind of like, you know, you know. Uh, what was it, Tom and Jerry? You know, and he's like, you know, and he's like this big, but somebody was behind him. Right? What was it? The little dog, right? The little dog and the big dog. You remember that cartoon? I just dated myself to some people. Anyway, anyway, so it was, the little dog's like, rah, 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 and, but his dad's standing behind him, and the cat's like, ooh, yeah, I'll be good. And now the little dog thinks there's something. The whole time it wasn't him. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. See, the devil, you might stand up and all of a sudden you get this in you. You understand that you're in heavenly places in that position of authority. You understand it. And all of a sudden you get to the place where you're like, no, I'm not putting up with this anymore. I've had enough. And all of a sudden your confession I am healed, I'm delivered, I'm set free, I am prosperous, I'm not having any more of this junk. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, I am redeemed, I'm loved by Him. Yeah. And you can't do anything with that love, devil. All of a sudden, what you're confessing will connect with the belief in your heart and salvation will be produced. And all of a sudden, the devil's like, nah, 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 nah. boom, and he gets knocked back by the authority because somebody showed up on the scene that was bigger than you've been pretending to be. It was a believer who knew they had a big brother. 
It was a believer who finally realized who they are. Well, just like any good bully, you're not going to let that go. You're going to come back and try again. Well, that's what he does. But when you constantly have the same reaction, when you constantly move in that same place, no, don't have a right to do that anymore. It's not who I am. That's who I might used to have been. But it's not who I am now. Amen. And I'll never be that person again. You're not rolling over me. And not only that, you're not rolling over my family. Not only that, you're not rolling over my friends. Not only that, you're not rolling over my church family or my church or my pastor or anybody. My kids, you're not rolling over any of them. You've been a bully in this neighborhood for too long and I've had enough of it. And we're not putting up with it anymore. Well, then all of a sudden you start becoming like this. See, that's what happened with those guys, the seven sons of Sceva, who went in and tried to kick that devil out. They thought they knew who they were. They were like, well, they, there's these scriptures, and, and let, me, let me throw some scriptures at you. The devil's like, throw all the scriptures you want. Who are you? Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? He didn't care about that. He respects one thing, authority and power. And you were made to reign. You were made to reign. Now, I'm not telling you that after this message, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you that you don't still have some stuff to work on to see yourself as seated in heavenly places. Most assuredly, you probably do. But I am telling you from this moment, everything can be different. Because you start seeing things differently. You start seeing things from a different perspective. And all of a sudden, you start building up, you know, a reputation in the demonic world. And then all of a sudden, it won't be, well, Jesus I know, but who are you, Paul? No, no, no. The, you remember what he said. Jesus I know, and Paul I know. Who are you? See, you got to answer that question. Who am I? Am I the one who gets beat down and stripped? Or am I going to rise up to the place where God has called me? And I'm not fighting from that position on the world. I'm fighting from a seated heavenly position with Christ. See, when we see that and that becomes us, every, everything changes. Everything changes. And the devil respects that. He might not like it. Yay. But he respects it. He respects it. And see, this is what God calls normal. That every believer should be walking in. You know, all these scriptures that talks about all that good stuff. That good stuff's supposed to happen at some point. At some point, that stuff is supposed to happen. It really is. God just needs some believers... Was it 2 Chronicles 16, 9? God's eye, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro throughout all the earth, looking for someone whose heart is pure towards him or perfect towards him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. He's looking for somebody that will take him at his word, start applying this stuff, and live like they're applying it and believe in it. And if 